welcome back to my show, Ayush. How are you today? I am doing swell. It is just very, very gloomy outside, so it's just moving slow. Yeah. Uh, I've been dealing with, uh, like, rain sounds 24-7 for the past four days because the snow melting on the gutters just sounds the same as rain. <laughs> um, but I've, I've actually had a pretty great week, I must say. I'm kind of, I'm cruising in my classes for the moment. Um, you know, this could all change once we start midterms because I'm, like, doing this homework and feeling like, wow, this homework is easy and I don't feel like I actually understand what I'm doing, though. Um, huh. yeah, I mean, I've had a good week. There's the snow was fun. I did some exploring. I was, I was attacked by a deer, five deer actually. So it's been a good, <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I cannot say that I was attacked by deer, but what I can relate to is just academic stress. I've just been super, super busy with midterms. I have a bio midterm coming up on Monday. It's coming Monday my writing uh, essay due on Tuesday, my international studies midterm due on Tuesday as well. So, you know, it's just, everything's piling up and then uh, just thriving slowly, losing a bit of my soul. But once this quarter is over and I pull through, it's gonna be all worth, all worth. <laughs> all worth it. And then you only have seven more quarters, wait, 10 more quarters to go to graduate. I okay. can't math. But not every quarter is going to be the same as me taking an EMT class, me taking four classes and me juggling uh, research on top of that and doing all the extracurriculars that I'm doing. So like, this is just an like weirder term that I'm trying to manage. And it's if I can weirder term. Tonight, and then I think I'll be in the clear. Yeah, and this is just the weirder time in history, I'd say, the last couple of years <laughs> all right then uh let's get a little bit into our topic that we were going to be discussing today and that was going to be about the stock market so in case you missed it um the stock market happened if you didn't realize <laughs> it happened and, uh, it, it just happened it kind of appeared out of nowhere gamestop you know a company that stock was valued at four dollars post pandemic is now cruising at a solid 300 400 dollars just just your normal day thing yeah i mean i'm a big part of that i've bought two games at gamestop this year i i think i'm the reason their stock is going up right ayush Yes, yes, totally not because of Wall Street bets and people trying to screw over hedge funds and Elon Musk joining in on the fun. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get too much into the juice of the story there, um, Donovan, do you want to give us a little bit of background on uh, the stock market? And uh, just so we can clarify a little bit of what yeah. we so as anyone who's ever made it to the Amsterdam portion of my choose your own adventure game chocolate quest, um, you'll know that it was actually in Amsterdam in the 1600s the first sort of modern iteration of a stock market was formed. Um, but that original stock market is kind of a bit different from what we have today because it was true to its purpose. It was a place where people could buy stocks, shares, portions of a company, and then you'd get uh, shares of the profit if the specific you know venture or company they were invested in was profitable and then people would sometimes you know resell a stock if for instance they grew less confident it was going to be profitable and they could find someone who is more confident they can make a sale or if they decided well 
I mean, I think this still, this business will still make money, but it's taking longer and I kind of need some money now. So I'll sell it to someone who's more patient. Um, and so stock markets, you know, kind of spread from there and more people got involved, more companies started being traded, but the general core the idea that you were buying a portion of a company to get profit, a portion of the profits of that company kind of remained constant for a long time. And then the first time you sort of see it become a mass mass issue of people speculating and trading in stocks just to see the stock price go up was kind of uh, on a large scale was in the lead up to the Great Depression. Um, and you can't really say it caused the Great Depression. There are a lot of uh, you know factors that went into that, um, lots of stuff. But one, one thing that was happening was people were taking out loans from banks investing that money in the stock market, thinking that the stocks are always going to go up. And then at the same time, the banks, with the profits they were getting from repayments uh, on interest and debt, were also funneling their, all their money into the stock market because that's where the banks hold your savings. And then this created a massive bubble of people investing to invest and not actually investing, you know, looking to make a profitable company. They're just looking to store their money and because it wasn't being done in a you know, rational way, when the economy crashed, a lot of people lost their money. There was a whole sort of struggles. And that's where you start, first start to see regulation in America and other countries, because you see the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, to regulate all trades uh, of stock, not between the like, you know, now it's part of an initial public offering when a company first sells their stock. Um, the SEC regulates all trades between people who are not the initial company. Um, and similar countries in Europe also started regulating these things. But you see from that time, the big change that happens and what is kind of important to understand some of what we're seeing today is that buying a stock stopped being about buying a portion of a company's future profits and started to be more about buying a stock to sell later and the stock was just an indicator of performance because now only about 50 percent of stocks actually pay any dividends out to shareholders based on profits and so that's kind of a big thing to understand how the stock market has changed to the sort of investment game you know the basic rules that we know today is buy low sell high yeah and I think Donovan touched in on a very, very good point, which was about the regulations that started to take place. So the United States still has one of the more less regulated stock markets, even with the SEC being formed. Um, a lot of different countries after the Great Depression stopped allowing a concept called shorting. And that's something we'll kind of explain a little bit when we get more into the GameStop situation. But like the U.S.'s market is just a little bit less regulated because of our free market economics theories and just laissez-faire economics that we are kind of really built on, capitalism, all that. Woo, woo. Um, so a lot more things can go wrong within the U.S. stock market and a lot more things can also go right for investors in the U.S. stock market. So let's kind of like delve into what happened in the past week. So basically to kind of get an idea of what happened to GameStop, which was the incredible rise in value, you kind of have to look at the history of what GameStop was doing before that. And so after the pandemic hit, most co companies lost a significant portion of their revenue, especially like a company like GameStop, which really requires people to go in 
view games, view consoles, and then make their purchase, the lack of operation from their stores basically devastated most of their profit margin. And that's why you saw their prof, uh, their stock like fall to almost $4, which was absolutely nothing. So at the same time, a lot of people believed that uh, GameStop was going to go bankrupt because they're like almost at the brink of bankruptcy with a stock value of $4 yeah, for a company that used uh, to be worth so much. Yeah, it's also worth noting that the pandemic was a big hit for them, but there were already some struggles as game downloading became... And, you know, buying stuff online just became such a bigger part of the game industry, as we've seen with most other retail industries. Mm -hmm. um, so GameStop was definitely a company that, you know, there was there were there were reasons to doubt it would do well. Yeah. And I mean, at the same time, a lot of hedge funds and hedge fund managers, people on Wall Street thought that it was going to go bankrupt. So they started to create something called short orders or basically sell orders but shorting is this concept where you can temporarily borrow a stock sell it immediately and then wait for the stock to go down in value and then buy it again and return it to the owner so once again to kind of explain that like let's say i got a um apple from donovan for five dollars and i project that that apple is going to be worth like nothing in the future. So I'll temporarily borrow his Apple, pay him like an interest fee for borrowing it, sell it immediately. So I have $5 in my hand, wait a little bit for the stock to go down. Um, so in this case, the value of the Apple. So let's say Apple is now worth $1. I buy that Apple and I return it to Donovan. So Donovan is still like happy because he has the apple right but now that value of the apple is nothing meanwhile i have like four dollars of profit like minus the interest that i paid so that's the concept of shorting and it's heavily criticized by investors and by just people in general because this is only a concept that really exists in the united states because it's not like you can borrow someone's house you can borrow someone's bicycle borrow someone's like objects to go ahead and just sell it without their like without their permission, quote unquote. So why can you do that with stocks? And that's where it kind of gets into like the whole ethical dilemma. Yeah, but and though shorting like is a little bit complicated, it's kind of actually a, a simpler example of a more common phenomenon where you once again see there's a lot of tricks in the financial industry, um, like, you know, sort of some of the stuff that caused the house Uh, structures they were using to give mortgages that they knew weren't viable. It's all about making money by moving money around and kind of extracting the differences rather than producing value. Yeah. Basically, you're just betting on the company doing worse at the end of the day. And that's how shorting gives you money. So a lot of these hedge fund managers and Wall Street individuals uh, thought that GameStop was going to go bankrupt. So they bought a bunch of GameStop. Uh, well, they borrowed a bunch of GameStop um, shares. Game, GameStop stock. GameStop. <laughs> GameStop shares. And they were shorting it to an incredible degree to the point where they were shorting almost more shares than was available. And we'll kind of get into what that means. But at the same time, you saw that people like um, the co-founder of Chewy, I'm forgetting his name. 
but let, let me see if I can remember. Ryan Cohen. Ryan Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was a billionaire founder of a uh, co-founder of Chewy, which is like an online platform that sells like pet food and everything. Right. He bought almost like $9 million. I mean, 9 million shares of GameStop and to like really boost them and to also give a billionaire backing. So like the future of GameStop wasn't looking abysmal, even though all these hedge fund managers were betting against GameStop. And then on top of that, you saw that GameStop was starting to recover because they had this really, really great deal with Xbox because for every Xbox that was sold, even if they weren't selling it, they would get a portion of the cut. So they were starting to- uh, They would get a, uh, so the, the deal was they got a cut of future digital sales for yeah. their basically assistance and advertising. Yeah. Um, so the premise of that is basically GameStop was actually on the rise but we didn't really see GameStop's, GameStop's stock go up because of Wall Street individuals and hedge funds doubling down on their willingness to short GameStop. So they were even shorting even more stocks. So that kind of like offset the growth and the prospect that this billionaire bought to, brought to the company, right? Then we see the situation where people on a Reddit community called the Wall Street Bets realized what was happening. And that led to the frenzy that we currently have today. And also known as the short squeeze, where basically everyone on Wall Street Bets noticed what was happening. So a bunch of people went out and bought GameStop shares. And if everyone owns GameStop shares and no one is selling them, these individuals who are on Wall Street, these hedge fund managers who are betting against GameStop, who have borrowed shares and owe the owners of the shares back the shares, they can't afford to give it back because there's no shares to return, right? And because people are buying such tremendous amount of shares, the uh, price of uh, GameStop is skyrocketing. So even if these hedge fund managers manage to get their hands on a share to return to the original owner that they borrowed from, they would have to pay like almost a hundred times the original price. That's what led to a bunch of hedge funds going bankrupt in the aftermath of the situation, while a bunch of people on Wall Street Bets, the Reddit community, were able to make a shit ton of money because they knew what was happening and no one was willing to bail the really hedge funds out from this situation. Yeah, and it's interesting because part of people on Wall Street Bets are thinking, like some of them think, wait, GameStop's actually a good investment. That, that's sort of why it started. And then some of them are like, wait a minute, GameStop's going crazy right now. I can make money by making the short squeeze. People have to buy it. But for a lot of them, it's kind of, it's, it's about like sending a message. And there's a lot of animosity towards the Wall Street people. And they, they're doing this because they want them to go bankrupt. And uh, they also started doing that with some other companies like AMC that were also the theater company that was also, you know, a lot of people were shorting it. Um, and then they also started buying stuff that, wasn't really shorted but did this wanted to kind of prove a point and so blockbuster stock stock the company doesn't really exist anymore but it has a stock that was selling for like four cents or something that went up like 700 percent um people started investing in dogecoin so this is really like meme culture having a major macroeconomic effect what we're seeing 
Yeah, and just to a little, a bit more explain a, a bit more of the GameStop situation. I said I'd touch in on this a bit later, so I'll touch in on it now. Um, the thing that was happening with GameStop is that they have approximately 70 million shares in total. The executives at the top own like one third of the company, right? They can't really do any trading because that would be considered insider trading. And they have to go through a bunch of paperwork before they can really trade shares without any legal implications. So one third of the stock is not available. The other one third is owned by giant firms such as Vanguard who have no interest in selling the stock and just own it because they want to own it, right? That one third is available. Uh, is not available. So the only amount of stock that is available is approximately 20 million stock that is readily being traded among consumers. However, these people on Wall Street and hedge funds had so many short orders in place that it totaled 60 million short orders. So even though there were 20 million stock, they had three times the amount being shorted. And while that might be confusing, think of it like that. After I borrowed the apple from Donovan and immediately sold it to, let's say, a person named Chris, right? Chris can go ahead and short that stock as well. I mean, short that apple as well, meaning that he can go ahead and sell it to someone else. And that's how you have a chain of shorting happening. And that's how, at the end of the day, two apples are being owed, even though we only started off with one apple in total, right? So that happened. And that's why you see so many people being fucked over who are in these hedge funds because there are 60 million shares that need to appear out of thin air (laughs) and no one who just bought the stock is willing to sell it. And that kind of gets into a little bit more of the uh, recent updates on the situation with Robinhood and SEC. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Donovan? Yeah. So let's start off with Robinhood. Um, it's, it's founded by two people who basically, um, I think they would describe themselves as pretty big proponents of capitalism, but they looked, um, but in their interpretation of capitalism, they focus on the idea that the, you know, invisible hand of the market only works if everyone is able to like participate freely. And so they, on one hand, Robinhood is a tool for them to make money personally. But on the other hand, they, they kind of sell their vision as being to allow more people access to the stock market. Um, so people are able to use their app to trade freely and quickly in a way that they couldn't really do on their own before. Um, but the, the way the app makes money is, one, it does some you know, sort of options, which are basically loans to basically give people the money they need to buy the stock, and then they, get a little, they can get a cut of the rise of the stock. Another thing they do is they sell the data from what the people on their app are buying to major hedge fund investors who basically take that data and use computers to make automated microtransactions that, you know, if a stock goes up for half a second, we're buying it and making, you know, 20, well, we're selling it and making, you know, 20 cents a profit right there. And you do that a ton. So that's what Robinhood, what, that's what, what Robinhood does. That's how they make money. Um, they get, you, they attract, you know, people, you know, individuals with small amount of money and they make their money by selling that data to large hedge funds. Um, and so, you know, when all this GameStop was happening and the other stocks too, they basically said, hold up, this is whack. We're shutting it down. Um, and they didn't really give another explanation. So that's why you saw, see a lot, saw a lot of people getting mad at them saying, 
wait a minute, because they're doing this because like the people they so dated to are getting mad at them and telling them to. Um, so a few days. One thing I wanted to add in on that really quickly, and this is like a big deal because you need to recognize how big Robinhood is. Almost like fifty percent of traders end up using Robinhood because of the no transaction fee. That's mm-hmm. literally fifty percent of the U.S. market being controlled by one company, one trading platform, right? There's a lot of consumers that use Robinhood for trading. Yeah, and, the 50% of consumer traders, right? Yeah, consumer traders. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and the, the major issue with Robinhood on that account, so them selling data to hedge funds and hedge funds getting mad, but also a lot of individuals were planning on investing in GameStop as a result of this. So like that trend, like, hey, I can make some money off of this. And the way that Robinhood works is that they will just give you money temporarily. Like, let's say you're transferring money from your bank account, right? They don't wait for your bank account to approve it. They lend you the money temporarily and later wait down the line for your bank to send it over because it's not instantaneous, right? It takes a little bit to approve. However, they, a lot of people were doing this to the point where like, they just couldn't sustain giving out their own money with how many people were trying to buy a GameStop stock stocks and like AMC stocks. And they were running out of money to give these individuals who wanted to invest immediately and who couldn't. So their solution was to shut down those stocks, can't trade them and so that people aren't just like jumping on a board and they have time to recuperate. Now, there are a lot of legal implications about this, which I think Donovan wants to discuss a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so as I was saying, yeah, there are those conspiracy theories. Um, and then I just kind of gave the actual reasoning. And, you know, part of it is uh, they were like literally running, like running low on money. The other part of it is, is back to the SEC. The SEC re- kind of requires a certain amount of liquidity for companies making those loans. So they, they may have been running into trouble if they hadn't shut it down. But also some people are concerned uh, and there are class action lawsuits against Robinhood for shutting down trading in that way because they think it might have been uh, market manipulation. Uh, and the SEC has basically just said, we're monitoring this closely. Uh, you know, from, from what I've read, Robinhood will probably not lose that class action lawsuit, but for a company whose you know main outlook has always been like you know letting the people trade, the fact that they have limited trade that for first shut down trading and then have now limited for several selected apps is is clearly not good for their brand. Yeah, and how the SEC looks at this as a wider scope of like what are people doing. Uh, and will this reform regulations is kind of an open question. Yeah, and it's important to also recognize that while Robin Hood, Robin Hood won't lose the lawsuit for maybe shutting down those stocks temporarily, they're 100% going to lose the lawsuit on the fact that they were selling people's shares without their permission. So they were selling people's like GameStop shares without their permission, like at any price possible. And that's concerning because that's straight up illegal. Like you're taking a person's property and selling it without their permission on a platform. And that's why a bunch of people are also trying to pull out of Robinhood because like- Well, they have, okay. They have some rights to do that. 
um, based on the reason that like if the bank hasn't processed the payment yet, yeah. but yeah, there is a good chance that some of the stuff they did with the right there, uh, yeah. they will lose the case. Yeah, for sure. But it's not like a 100% like clearly they did this. They've, they've presented a defense. It just looks like they could still be legal problems with what they did. Yeah. So we're just going to see how that kind of plays out. But on a little bit of a lighter note, there, there were two major uh, things, in my opinion, that took place regards to the stock market. First, uh, Elon Musk joining the Wall Street Bets Discord and being absolutely crowned and bowed down to while inside of that Discord and him going absolutely wild about people shorting stock. So maybe that might be a little bit related to the fact that he doesn't want people to short Tesla's stock because Tesla is very, very doing <laughs> very well. And should be noted, uh, Elon Musk has been fined by the SEC for violating stock rules before. Um, so an interesting person to have a take on this for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the second fun fact that I think is important to also kind of note is that if you're interested in learning a little bit more about shorting in the 2008 economic crisis, then you can go on Amazon and purchase the big short on a discounted price brought because Amazon clearly recognized that they can make a profit from this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Discounting the movie because everyone is just so like concerned about the stock market. Yeah. I'm surprised GameStop hasn't done anything with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. For but marketing. I think that really captures what we wanted to discuss in today's episode. I mean, you're going to keep on hearing people terror like, making the Redditors and that Wall Street Bets community sound like horrible people all over the media, which has been like a pretty common portrayal of them. But it's important to also recognize the intentions that these individuals had, which was to screw over hedge funds at the end of the day and (laughs) take from the rich, basically, and over the rich. So yeah. Any final thoughts, Ayush? I, I don't think so. I think it's just really important to have your own independent opinion on this situation. I think yeah. I already kind of know mine, but and I would just like to end by saying maybe the real stonks are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> like Elon Musk in Wall Street Bets Discord. Woot woot. All right. Take it easy, guys, and thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Bye. <laughs>